0: I'm concerned people have lost sight of character, integrity, courage and honor, and instead worship celebrity. I'm concerned they revere a uniform with numbers, but disrespect a uniform with a badge. I'm concerned and we're doing something about it. These are heroic Americans who walk among us, people who put themselves at risk for the benefit of others. It's been my great blessing to have spent most of my life in the company of heroes welcome to this real american heroes vid podcast as you just saw this show is all about real american heroes the kinds of people with whom i've spent nearly my whole life i'm oliver north and yes my beard is gone it's gone because the doctor we had on on our last podcast told me after we went off air get rid of the beard colonel And he said that to save my life because people get this thing from all kinds of touching your face and the like so he's a physician he's on the front lines of freedom and that's why he was with us now our guest today is the author of this book right here now i would tell you that the facts are really important and that's what we're about we're marines love having a mission and my mission my goal is to have American heroes, our American heroes, press on with our America Facts campaign. It's to provide you with the facts that we've got experts on, how to persevere in tough times. Okay, our hope is that each of these vid podcasts is to put on experts willing to share their advice, wisdom, and experience, encouraging all Americans. Our guest today is Stephen Moore. He heads the Project for Economic Growth at the Heritage Foundation. If you haven't seen him on Fox News discussing the impact of COVID-19 on our economy, you must have lost your TV remote. Full disclosure here, when Stephen Moore was a young guy, while I was on President Ronald Reagan's NSC staff from 1984 to 87, Stephen Moore was a favorite advisor to President Reagan's Economic Council. In other words, I guess we're co-conspirators. I don't know. Is that right? Stephen, my thanks for joining us today. Let's get right to it.
1: Well, thank you, Colonel, and, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show, and you're the hero, not me. I, I just try to report the facts, but this is a critical, critical time for our country in terms of our freedom and our free enterprise system, and, you know, I'm so glad to be on your show because we have to ring this out. It's a five-alarm five, uh, fire, and the five-alarm fire isn't necessarily the virus. It's, it's uh, the government response to the virus, which I find very troubling.
0: Well, has, has this virus wrecked President Trump's hope for an economic rebound, as you described it right here in this book?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, one of my frustrations, frankly, is, uh... Colonel, is that five weeks ago, we had the best economy in 30, 40 years, at least since Reagan. We had three and a half percent unemployment. We had six and a half million surplus jobs. We had low inflation. We had uh, wages rising for every income group. And it was a beautiful picture, nothing to complain about. Uh, And then, boom, we hit this this wall in the economy in terms of this uh, invisible enemy uh, as uh, Donald Trump calls it, uh, the virus. So it's shifted things in terms of the message. Now he really is a wartime president fighting this invisible enemy. And I think he will be assessed by voters in terms of the way that he handles this over the next eight to 10 weeks. I believe he's handled it so far very well. I laugh when I say, see Chuck Schumer. Did you see, Colonel, the other day he said uh, that... Uh, that um, Trump has mishandled this from the start. And I said, wait a minute. The most important thing that has happened since the beginning of this virus was an action that Donald Trump took uh, from the very start, which was to cut off travel from China and then a few weeks later to uh, cut off the travel from Europe. That decision alone probably saved Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of American lives. And it was like people like, remember, Colonel, it was people like Chuck Schumer, oh, you're a xenophobe, you know, you hate foreigners. Uh, And so uh, I think he's handled it well. But now we've got to get the economy up and running as quickly as possible in a safe way. And we have to put some policies in place that actually will help facilitate a rapid, what we call a V-shaped recovery, because we're going to fall a lot. We're going to see maybe as much as a 20% decline in our economy over the next two or three months. We need to boom out of this. Remember what happened under Reagan in 83, 84. We had the biggest boom ever. We need that kind of uh, boom uh, so that by late summer and early fall, we're back to normal.
0: Well, you know, it's and of course, it's not just here. I, I was on with Newt Gingrich on this podcast here a couple of days ago and told me something I did not know is that when the Chinese, with all their money, went out and bought a whole bunch of big firms in Italy, they still wanted to have an Italian-made product, whatever it was, whether it was an automobile or an engine or whatever. And they actually imported over 100,000 workers from China, actually Wuhan province, China. And that's how this thing took off in Italy with totally blindsided their economy. Is this global now? Is this going to affect everybody right along with us?
1: Yeah, it is global. And uh, some con- countries like China and Taiwan and Singapore and Japan uh, you know, ha- contracted this disease before we did. Now we're kind of at, at the epicenter of the disease, but it's spreading to other countries. But the important thing to remember related to that is I'm very, very worried about what we're doing on our economy. I know we're going to get into that. I, I, I just think it's it's insane to talk about shutting down this American economic engine for two or three months. I just I think that the economic damage would be so severe, it's unthinkable. But not only, would if we shut down the American economy, as you know, we're the hub of the world economy. So if we're not growing, then the rest of the world shuts down as well. And so it's not just gonna affect the lives of Americans, but uh, billions of people around the world who are so dependent on the United States of America for our production and our know-how and our technology.
0: Steven, I'm very personal about this. I have, a, I have 18 grandkids. After I'm dead and gone, hopefully not soon, are they going to hate me and our generation for allowing this to happen? The debt from this is going to be astronomical.
1: Well, this is this is a critical moment. You know, we've we've borrowed two trillion already. I'm not too fond of this bill. I know everybody's bragging about it in Washington, but uh, it doesn't matter how many of these checks the government sends out to people. Uh, you and I both knew Milton Friedman and maybe yeah. the greatest economist since Adam Smith, and he taught us there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. It, you know, uh, Colonel, if the government gives you $1,000, it has to take it away from someone else to give it to you because right. the government doesn't produce anything. And so we're in this massive income redistribution uh, policy Somehow people think that that's going to, quote, stimulate the economy. But I'm here to tell you, Colonel, that if this economy isn't producing goods and services, if people aren't working, if the government is mandating that business is shut down, how it doesn't matter how much money the Fed prints, it doesn't matter how many of these government programs we create. If there's not production, you, can, you don't have anything that people can consume. And that's a big concern of mine because I think that losses uh, could, you know, uh, as we speak, we've seen already close to 10 million people lose their jobs, and that could be 30 or 40 million people. If, and, and it's all because the government is requiring businesses to shut down. So we gotta, I think Trump is right. My, my thing is, we gotta, by May 1st, we've gotta start on a rolling basis, get the economy where it's safe and using the best medical technology and the best public uh, health resources we have available, starting to get Americans back on the job. Uh, I live in Virginia. Are you a Virginian?
0: Oh yeah, I'm on the Senator Valley.
1: Well, yeah. what, what uh, governor, we have a not too brilliant <laughs> governor right oh, now, is you know, yeah. Governor Northam. He wants to keep the Virginia economy shut down till what, June 10th or something yep. like that? Yep. Governor, if you're listening to this, if you keep the Virginia economy shut down till June 10th, there's not going to be an economy left to rebuild. You can't keep the economy shut down for three months and think somehow you can just flick a, an ignition switch and it's going to start up. So we have to be very level-headed about this, very smart about it, using the best technology, using the best testing, using the best uh, social distancing and disinfectants and masks. But come on, we're not going to be able to have a society left if we shut down this economy for much longer.
0: What should we be doing? Look, I I know you're not a financial advisor, but you and I both know some people who are pretty powerful up in Wall Street, and I know they listen to you. And there's, you know, I'm 76 years old. So at some point, I'm gonna plan to retire at 80. Will my retirement planning work based on, you're gonna try to maintain the same lifestyle? I married the the farm that we live on out there. I married up as it's the right thing to do. I keep telling our son that he did too. Uh, but the bottom line of it is: is that plan still going to be effective as a retirement tool, or should I, we all be looking elsewhere to try to save money? I, and again, I'm not. I'm not trying to make either one of us into financial advisors. I
1: get your point. So, actually, kind of, we just bought a lot of stocks uh, a few days ago because the market is quite depressed right now. People are selling. You know, usually people make the mistake of selling during a downturn, and that violates the first rule of the stock market. You buy low and sell high. And so at the very least, uh, Colonel, I say to people like you, you don't want to sell your stocks now because the stocks are so depressed. Uh, I definitely hold on to them. And the blue chips... You know, I, you, you know, and I have known each other for 30 years. You know I'm about the most optimistic person out there in terms of this great, great American society and our, our incredible entrepreneurial spirit. So I do think it's very likely that, say, three years from now, uh, you, you might see these blue chips double in value from where they are today. Now, there is a caveat here. Are you ready for this one? I, I, I know where this is coming from. If we, God forbid, should have a President Joe Biden, I think all bets are off. You know, I I do think given how far left, don't you agree with me? I mean, the Democrats absolutely are so absolutely. far to the left, they will raise taxes through the roof. They will regulate every segment of our economy. You're going to get the Green New Deal. You're going to get Medicare for all. I don't care if it's Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden. They're all singing out of the same hymnal, right? And so that that is why it is so critically important that we are reelected. Uh, Donald Trump in November. So if that happens, yeah, I'm still out. We get out of this. It could take nine months. It could take a year or eighteen months. But this, you can't hold this American economy down unless you put politicians that that, that are nailing the coffin to the economy. And, and God forbid that that should happen.
0: One of the things that Newt mentioned was legislation that would help us rejigger, if you will, our supply chain. I mean, the, whether it's small parts, or whether it's technology, or whether it's computers being made—you know, the one that you and I are looking at it says on the back, "Made in China." The same thing for a lot of our medicines, a lot of our pharmaceuticals—the the kinds of things that people count on in the midst of something like this. Do you support the idea of legislation that would say, "Here's an incentive"? to bring back that stuff and make it here in America, American made. Uh, Sure.
1: Absolutely. And let's step back a minute. We passed that $2.1 trillion bill uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's an abomination in many ways. I support helping workers get through this crisis uh, with with, uh, some temporary aid because people are losing their jobs through no fault of their own. Uh, and I also support uh, aid to small businesses so they can get through this. You know, we had, as I just said, we had the healthiest economy ever. We had small businesses as, as healthy as they, as they had ever been. And now so many of them, I'm on the board of two small businesses. And last week, uh, Colonel, we had to lay off all 30 of our workers. It was the most heartbra- one of the most heartbreaking days of my life. But if you don't have revenues as a business, you, you can't you know, pay your workers. So, uh, but it, it turned into a Christmas tree. We don't need to get into that. Everybody knows the horrors of, of what uh, Nancy Pelosi stuffed in that bill. Uh, but we do need now a bill. That bill did not stimulate the economy though. I am So please let's not call that a stimulus. It doesn't stimulate the economy in the con- when the government takes money from me and gives it to somebody else. And that's essentially what that bill does. We do need a, a bill that genuinely stimulates the economy. Gee, how do we do that? Well, why don't we get back to what Donald Trump was doing before, right? Cutting taxes, reducing regulations, you know, getting rid of uh, lawsuits. One of the things I'm in favor of, Colonel, how about this idea? Let's give every employer in America for the next nine months to a year a shield, an immunity from lawsuits, because I can't tell you how many businesses are afraid to hire their workers back now because the vulture trial lawyers are going to come after them if somebody gets sick. So. We want America to get up and running. That's one small step in, in, the, in a series of many that could really jumpstart this economy. I like the idea of uh, repealing the payroll tax for the rest of the year. Get every single worker a 7.5% pay raise in their paycheck and give every employer, we got 26 million small businesses, let them reduce their payroll costs by 7.5%. That'll help get this economy up and ignited.
0: Well, those SBA loans are very attractive to people who are trying to keep their employees at work, and, and as you know, that's the engine of our economy is these small businesses, fewer than 500. And, and I'm one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm very much in favor of providing, Art Laffer and Steve Forbes and I put out a paper six weeks ago saying that's what we need to do, provide low interest loans uh, to businesses so they could keep in operation, they didn't have to go into bankruptcy. I, I don't like the idea And I know I disagree with some of my friends uh, on the conservative side who like the idea of make those grants to businesses. Uh, And I don't like that idea because then you're getting every business in America signing up, this is what I'm afraid of is this dependency culture. Everybody, every business in America now wants one of these grants. They're treating it like it's
0: free money. Well, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the problem, right? (laughs) Just get that printing press cranked up. I I just, well, the, the frightening thing is of course, we, we know that when FDR did that, it damn near bankrupted the country. And had it not been for World War II, we'd still be trying to pay it off. I mean, the, the idea of-
1: Franklin Roosevelt, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Colonel. I mean, it's a really important point because the rewriting of the history uh, of the New Deal is something the left has done quite effectively. Every school child in America today learns what a- that the New Deal was a success. That's why AOC thinks, oh, let's have a Green New Deal. Uh, but the truth is, even Franklin Roosevelt and his, his uh, Treasury Secretary, by 1939, seven, and eight years after he was elected president, put in place the New Deal, they even admitted it's not working. And so it didn't work. It didn't. It wasn't until World War II started that we actually got the uh, America up and running again. Let's not do that again, right? Let's not do that again. Let's do what Reagan did, what Trump has been doing for the last three years. This is not rocket surgery, as my as my high school student would say. You know, this is something that's obvious about how to make an economy work. And and if we do that, then I'm very optimistic that uh, nine months from now we're not even talking about coronavirus. We're talking about boy, the economy is booming again. We have prosperity and we're the envy of the world.
0: Can it happen that fast?
1: I believe so. I do worry that every week that goes on where we keep the economy shuttered, it gets harder and harder to get it reopened because you do have businesses, and I, I hear what you're saying about the aid to the businesses, but a lot of these businesses, you know, for one reason or another, can't get the loans and many businesses will shut down and it's, it's heartbreaking. These are businesses that people put their whole life's work into these and they put their life savings into these businesses. Uh, Those are, you you know, you called me a hero. I'm not a hero. The heroes of the economy are the small businessmen and women who start these great businesses, whether it's the corner grocery store, or whether it's Apple or Microsoft, those are the great heroes. And I worry that many of them are going to have their life's work uh, ruined by the shutdown of the economy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. We're all way out the, west, the western part of the state of Virginia, right along the Shenandoah River Valley, and the nearest municipality is Berryville, Virginia. And there's little restaurants that can't put, you know, the chain restaurants that are part of a big franchise operation, they can do the, you know, drive throughs But the guy who's got the pizza place on the corner, it's going to be tough. So let, let me wrap up with this, this thought. Look you're the you're the founder of the Free Enterprise Fund. I mean what should a small business person be doing right now if they can keep the doors open just is it just hang on?
1: Yeah, this is a fight for survival for a lot of small businesses. Uh it's very difficult because it's simple. I mean if you don't have customers coming in the door, right? Uh, you know revenues and customers are the oxygen supply of a business so I think right now they are in the fight of their life they have to be able to what we want colonel is we want to provide enough aid for the next few months so these businesses can get through this without having to go in bankruptcy and then boom we just want to see the biggest thrust of growth as soon as this is over and i think that can happen trump i think is the right thank god can you imagine trying to go through this right now if joe biden were president or hillary Clinton? i mean it would be horrible trump is a steady hand he knows business he knows what to do to help our businesses he's proven it already over the last three years so i want to end this on optimism i think trump is doing the right thing i keep urging him though mr president keep in mind that we cannot keep this economy shuttered for much longer than going past May 1st. I'm calling May Day economic freedom day, uh, May 1st. That's when we start to, on a rolling basis, using the best safety measures possible. Uh, I have friends who've uh, uh, had coronavirus, it's a terrible disease, I'm not in any way uh, underestimating the effects of this. But if we don't have an economy, if we don't have business, if we don't have workers, we're all going to go pro.
0: Lord willing, I know the president's listening to you, and I'm glad you I hope he's listening right
1: now. Mr. President, open up this economy. <laughs> Let's
0: go. Americans want to go back to work, don't you think? Well, they want
1: to get back on the, in the game. Your insights are valuable. And I, and, <laughs> and, and, and I want our to. Our My wife field. is going to divorce me if I don't go back to the office.
0: <laughs> That's another story altogether, brother, and you and I know it. Yeah, <laughs> this is a family value show. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen Moore, for your advice and counsel and your wisdom and your insights on how to protect our financial future in a fight for our lives. It really is. Thank you. And America, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, America, as Steve just encourages, press on, press on.